can. You can burn. Welcome back. Well, welcome back to Can You Confirm That, guys. Can you confirm that? Gorov, what did you think? Did you? I got it done. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to, but I got the intro song done. <laughs> okay, I love you, so I'm going to say it's amazing. It's wonderful. Oh, okay. Do you want like my real feedback? Because I don't know if you want that right now on this podcast. Well, I wasn't shooting for... Um, I wasn't shooting for a Grammy. I was shooting for something that I can talk over. I got you. I got you. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I love that it. That I can use for free all I want. Oh, yes. That's the big part. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, do you want my takeaway or no? Sure, sure. I asked. Yeah. You're worried. Yeah. You, you did ask, audience. You did ask. Um, don't tell my the takeaway. That you don't want them to think. My t- <laughs> That's going to be the first time, right? Um, what I think of it is the same thing that I think of many of the themes you've put together for us. Uh, I love them. I think they're catchy. They're amazing. <laughs> the one thing I've noticed about you, though, is you really love to repeat the like the words. Get it? Oh, okay. That's the only like thing. Our, that, that, that's like not our, a negative by like any means. Like our title? Yeah, yeah. It's not a <laughs> negative by any means, right? It's just like I was like, it's like, can you confirm that? And it's like, can and but like it's on, it's on beat, it's on time, it's on like because by the third time I'm expecting it and I'm saying it, and if it's not there, I get a little worried. You know what I mean? Good. So Good. it's doing its job. So um, the subliminal is working a little bit. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's that the hook right in the song where it's like you hear it for the, the, the four, yeah, fifth, sixth some... repeating, and then you know when it's coming and when to expect it. Um, yeah, no, and I I only pulled that because it, it really made me think of one of uh, your first masterpieces for the pod, uh, which was "Here's the thing." Yes, where I often said the words "Here's the thing." Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that's all. That's all I was. That's my takeaway. I was like, it's, yeah, it's got the uh, the repeat factor. Right? I do think it's funny, kind of like the <laughs> when you repeat that. something too much. I don't know. I it's know. just me, but um, hopefully someone else agrees. So they listen, so maybe oh, they no, think yeah. it's funny. Well, listen, uh, man, humor is a spectrum, right? I'm there's people who love the the repeat stuff. What uh, funny, I do. What's been going on since we last talked on this podcast? So much, eh? It's been it's been a while. Right, because now we have our weird little schedule where we kind of like crush a couple. Right. Um, yeah. Um, not a lot, but I mean, there's. I had my world shook a little bit a couple Ooh. days ago. Ooh. Um, yeah. Right. You know of my love of the movie Midnight in Paris, right? Okay. Uh, it's one of my top fives. It's yeah. probably two or three on the list. Um, and I love this movie. All problematic nature aside of the fact that it's written and directed by Woody Allen, right? Like, I just try to compartmentalize uh, that and put that aside right now. Sure. Um, but I just enjoy the performances. You know, it's it's right. It's just a perfect movie for me. Um, but of course, you know, I went on Twitter when I shouldn't have. <laughs> okay. And I read the tweet that I shouldn't have. It ruined it. Somebody did it, John. Somebody did the ruining for me. Um, oh, I don't know that one well enough to ruin it. Right? Like, I don't know if it's ruin a classic worthy, 
but someone put the tweet out and simply said just recently it's popping up again it, this tweet was like two three days ago and just went viral because it was just oh. a very fucking clever tweet okay um, right now i'm not smart enough to have already pulled it up before we started talking but you asked how my week Ooh, was and the clever things that, um one of the things that came to mind Long story short, the the tweet paraphrased is is this man goes back in time to 1920s Paris, and instead of warning everyone about the Nazis, he's just focused on trying to get Hemingway to read his shitty novel. Yeah, okay, that's right. I can see it's the point very there. funny. It's so okay. very funny, um, and and it was just. Too good because you know someone in the comment section had to be like, "Oh my god, you ruined this movie! How dare you!" <laughs> and I don't think that's fair. Woody Allen is a Jew. <laughs> I was just like, I don't think that's the defense here, mm. right? Um, no. Like, I don't think that. Like, one, let's just put all that aside too. This person made a really funny, poignant observation, yeah. Seinfeld-like joke, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very it's good. You know, why wouldn't you do that? This guy was so focused on himself, so absorbed that, like, instead of being like, "Hey, I'm in the 1920s," what all? Hilarious. Um, one, it's not a fucking time travel movie, really, though. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a multi-dimensional movie. Maybe it's a multiverse. Maybe it's a fucking multiverse movie. Um, 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 period right? piece for narcissists. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's why I love it. Um, <laughs> But but that like kind of shook me, man. I was like, oh no. Um, but I still love the movie and everything. But it was just okay. Like, yeah, you're allowed to love it still. Yeah. Oh no, no. That, just, that it made me it made me laugh. It made me think of how we ruin movies and how this person just. I, I think until until it had happened to me, John, mm-hmm. I didn't know the damage we were doing to our listeners. You know what I mean? It was one of oh, those. Oh yeah. You know I mean, like I it's it's like how. Um, Sean Hannity now on Fox News is telling people to get the vaccine. Okay. And it's got to most likely be because someone in his household just got COVID and it's finally hit home for him. Oh, that's real? <laughs> yeah. And, and for this, it was like, I read that tweet and I was like, oh my God, this is real. People can ruin movies for you. Yeah. Um, people can, can ruin everything. It can happen. Yeah. People can ruin everything. Ever the optimist. <laughs> well, but speaking yeah, of was... optimism, like last week we had uh, DW on. Um, and you know what I, you know what I really, one of my big takeaways is that, um, asking opinions and stuff from someone who's, who generally thinks more positively than me, um, I couldn't predict what he was going to say, you know, like, um, the, the, the response I expected about like, well, how, how do you treat people so fairly? Wasn't what I thought he was going to say. It was like, oh. So I can't even fake it right. <laughs> You're right about that, right? It takes uh, a different like outlook or viewpoint to kind of sort of bring you into focus on on things too. Um, I think my main takeaway from that conversation we sort of had with him was <laughs> I like it because the way you're like he's just so off. To me, it was just. Um, Sort of the the trustingness of it, right? Like the the idea of not questioning a motive. Just you got to you get the sense that the man just takes people at their word. Yeah, and that's probably something I haven't done since like 
2001, right? Um, and and it's it's had a detrimental effect. And I think it's something that I took from that episode is that that's a fun work on for me, where you know his viewpoint's not wrong. Like I th- I think it's still fair for me to question someone's aims or motives. Yeah. But but once they express them, it's on me to the, then accept it. Right. Like there's no right. reason for me to be like, well, you know, I asked John what he wants to get out of this. And what John wants to get out of this is to grow and ex- and, and explore his himself. Right. Um, <laughs> and then it's maybe it's, rephrase that. <laughs> but it's on me to be like he wants to grow and explore himself. And and I am not I'm, I'm not supposed to walk away and be like grow and explore himself more <laughs> like grow and explode himself right uh um, fish right we still make cum jokes here um, um yeah yeah right so that that was it was it's interesting i i look forward to learning more from more people over the over the weeks as we keep going me too um, kind of seeing you know where I feel like we're identifying our gaps, John. That's kind of what it is, right? Like, where are my blind spots and how can I fix them? We're going to be able to program the perfect person by the time we're done, I think. Craig's going to be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Craig. Sober. Is that that your starting point? I don't know if we should start with Craig. I think think we're going to have flaws in the programming (laughs) if we start there. But that, again, is my negativity on the world. There we go. We got to have right. that positive outlook. Don't question the motives, John. We want to get Craig better. Let's do it. W would say that Craig is inherently good. And uh, mm. I think Craig's a bastard. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, there I mean, I, I like, I love that different, like, you know, yeah, him and I are long time friends and we do have a lot in common. Um, but I do think the things that are different um, are, you know, maybe those are things that, I like about him. So I, I want to keep him around kind of stuff too. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and he's just nice enough to keep me around too. Um, it's probably what it is, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was a cool experience. I'm really excited for our next guest, but we will kind of play it more. Uh, what's I, I, let's, let's just say we're going to be, um, selective. Yeah. No, I don't sure. even think that's the right word. That's a wrong word, actually. That's the entire wrong word. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at me growing and understanding all the moments. Well, I wanted to say, like, fly. play uh, under the cuff or something, but that's not the right expression, where we won't, we don't no, want to, like, give it away. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think what you're trying to say is uh, low-key, on the down-low, as the kids used to say back in the day, right? Yeah, like, yeah, keep it yeah. on the down-low, right? That's fun for yeah. me. Yeah, there's, like, a, there's like other the words chest. for that. Tight to the chest. Keep yeah. It close yeah. to the vest. Close to the best. Hmm. Um, what other phrasings can we come up with? But yeah, all of that stuff. All that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. I think it'll be good. Uh, it's good for us. To be honest, it was just so much for me to take in and so much growth in a week that I really couldn't do it two weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Well, there's been a lot that's gone on uh, in the time in our um, time off and up until now that we haven't really gotten into that uh, we'd be doing. Can you confirm that? Um, fans a disservice by not talking about Loki or something, right? Right, yeah. Audiences disheartened and they need updates and they've been, you know, what's happened is they're going back to the office, John. Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. People, people are people are leaving the office. They gotta, they gotta talk about shit again. They need us and, even more uh, than ever now. 
they they need someone to provide them the little nuggets that they can drop in the little coffee machine room yeah. uh, to make it seem like they actually did watch Loki and, yeah. and then walk right on out. How are you going to know if you should have liked Loki without hearing of Gorov and I liked Loki? <laughs> right, exactly. How are you going to know what memes are relevant and how mm. they work uh, if you don't know what memes we've been looking at and what we've right. been sharing? It's just part of the game, folks. You want to be hip and wise and on top of things. You got to come to the hippest and wisest guys <laughs> who are on top of everything. All right. So, so my first question about Loki then is, <laughs> um, it was good. Do one. you like right. exposition? Cause I'm a big fan of exposition, actually. Are you talking about the final episode? <laughs> you mean like the, the one the that's exposition? like 40 minutes, 40 minutes exposition. So it reminded me of being right in the architect when, Neo turns the key and ends up in the architect's, uh, like, I don't know, friggin' viewing room or office or whatever right. he's in, and yep. he explains the whole plot of the Matrix to us. That's what yep. it reminded me of big time, and in a cool way, like a quirky, weird character they're locked in this room with. Like, <laughs> um, um, It can work and it cannot, right? Hmm. Um, and it depends on what you're doing with it work. And here's a controversial take. Um, you can use it sometimes as, you know, the, the Deus Ex, right? Like you, you, Lord of the Flies style where weird man just shows up on the island, kind of explains everything away. And it's like, you guys are fine. No, don't worry. And that's yeah. kind of like, hey, hey. Now everybody <laughs> loves the book because 95% of that book is such a great tale. Yeah. But let's they all, let's, right? Let's all, let's be all be on board here. William Golding had no idea how the hell he was going to finish that story. <laughs> and he came, right? And he came up with a cop out. But that cop out to to this day now works when you use it in a longer form. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it, it's a hit and miss thing. Sometimes it's very lazy. Uh, I was thinking of Final very... Destination with yeah. my friend Tony Todd, uh, uh, who I have hung out with. Uh, he shows up in those Final Destination movies as this grave digger, and basically tells them what's going on in their lives now. Like, what is yeah. this universe? And he's He's basically exposition guy. <laughs> Which, and in that case, it doesn't work. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when nailed exquisitely, it can work. Such as Luis and Ant Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like that's just oh, okay because it's the it's the meta tongue in cheek. We're going to use this to to push, and, but this is what's the most important part. It, it there has to it has to push something along, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't just have you can have long exposition sometimes which explains the previous motives of what happened in and what you've just seen, right? Like uh, someone might show up and explain, well, the reason all of this is happening is because back then this Becky did that, right? And all that stuff starts. And then you're like, oh, the puzzle pieces are coming into place. That's a fun one. Sure. But if it's not advancing the story somewhere, then you're in trouble. Uh, So I think, I think like that's where things where the matrix got in trouble. Whereas like, oh, the plot was still falling apart and you didn't really move it along anywhere. Um, whereas with Loki, I think they would have been in trouble if they hadn't just thrown that big season two sticker like stamp at the end. Because okay. now, you know, now, you know, OK, that was all set up. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than a payoff that didn't go anywhere. Now it's set up. Right. I think it has to gauge. You have to gauge your audience, too, and their intelligence like. Uh, for Final Destination, the audience is already smarter than the characters. So I can watch Final Destination and figure out what's happening. I don't need that gravedigger to explain to me what's happening to these people. Because I get it. 
it's not that difficult. Like, right. <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, in the Matrix, it's maybe a little too convoluted, right? Uh, I was the first time I ever heard ergo in a sentence. Um, like, it's, it's uh, ergo. arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was almost arrogant. I'm glad you said that, corrected me as I was saying the word arrogant. Oh, I know. It was um, so perfect. But, like, you know, like, he was, uh, I, I get the character, but he was speaking almost a little bit more, you know, a little bit too complex, I think, for a lot of people, too. So, mine a lot. I know it left people going, what? But Jonathan Majors was actually quite entertaining in this character. And he's like, and we get to see his argument on in Loki's mind versus in Sylvie's mind, too, which yeah. is great. Like, we oh, get I, to see two sides of it. So, I, 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 And it brought the philosophy home of the show of, um, listen, man, Loki was is can you confirm that season two, right? It's a character who's looking to finally accept himself love himself, grow, and change, uh, like our show is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I like that one. Um, So I think it was, one, it's just, it's one of the better ones of the three, right? Like, Falcon and Winter Soldier now, in hindsight, looks very, very formulaic and elementary. Yeah. It was a good show, of course. Action movie. Right? Yeah, it it was, exactly. It was your Jean-Claude. Right, it was kind of your Jean Claude Van Damme, um, whereas we just now kind of got that cerebral, uh, like thinker, right? Like almost mm. a Christopher Nolan version of like a Marvel product, um, yeah. Which I think was fun. Uh, Loki to me was one of the better ones. It's hey, we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago at the near the tail end of season one, um. It looked to me like a show that if you did it right, you could keep exploring. Yeah. You could keep exploring Loki, the character, and the journey, the growth, and all of the stuff that happens um, for seasons to come. And hey, looks like they might, right? At yeah. least season two. I don't know if we'll get the three or four like I thought we might, but two for sure. Oh, speaking of seasons to come, I watched a new Dexter trailer today. How are we feeling? Uh, I have oh, mixed emotions, okay. as I you think, know. And I think your first little eh right there yeah. is kind of explained it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, okay, so I watched it. My wife was watching it with me. She's like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't go through the pain. <laughs> uh, like, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, you weren't there for the letdown. Yeah. But, like, Deborah, Deborah Morgan shows up in the trailer. Uh, and I just don't want to see her face ever again in that universe. Um, right. You know, like, There's... I wanted oh. it to move on from what it left with. And, you know, like, it, it deals with him, like, you know, suppressing his urges or whatever. I, honestly, just... I don't need one to be Deborah. Um, the way they kind of, like, are... <sighs> I'm worried we're going down the road of a retcon here. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, we're going to start learning that, like, within episode one or two, by the end of it, we're like, oh, so what you're telling me is, telling me is, like, nothing happened. Like, season six, seven, and eight just never existed. <laughs> right? Yeah, the story's just picking up. Because they've also introduced John Lithgow as a character 
Yes, I and know. the casting, right? So to me, I'm like, well, if you're going with Lithgow too, that well, wait a second, right? We all know what's happened to these characters if you've watched the show. And Palpatine's the end boss. Exactly. And <laughs> listen, the Adam Driver cameo works, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, there's so many questions there. It's I'm worried about Dexter, and I'm worried about Frasier. Um, yeah. But outside of that, it's okay. I mean, I think with like, hey, we 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 stuck to our guns on this one after the Friends reunion. Mm-hmm. It's better to get it's better to get the episodes than to just get them on a couch talking. Um, so let's take it, I guess. That's right. And I want I throughout the whole thing, throughout all of the struggle and the pain that Dexter brought me, <laughs> um, I always liked Michael C. Hall. Yeah, right. I'll, he never let me down. His performance happens, yeah. was always strong, no matter where the show went. So for him alone, I'm gonna watch this. Like, there's no question. And yeah. honestly, decidedly, if we keep our expectations as low as they seem right now, <laughs> yeah, it's only gonna bode well. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting another Loki here. Like, we're yeah. getting. Yeah, we are. I am not looking forward to this Dexter revival the way that I was looking forward to season two of Ted Lasso. Let's just say, let's oh, just say. All right, all right. One is culturally significantly whatever, and the other is Dexter. <laughs> um, <laughs> fun times, man. But speaking of things that are now uh, culturally significant, big oh, events, oh. big events this week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got to see the Canadian win our gold, our one gold did you? so far. Nice. The girl from did Woodstock. You, were you watching that live last night? Yeah, I was there. No, I did watch it last night. I like did while it was happening, or like while it happened, was happening. No, Excellent. yeah, I actually caught it, which was really cool because uh, I got to be honest, I don't Get typically remember yeah. that the Olympics are on. You know, it was our uh, first time. We're like, oh, we should probably check it out. And then like 30, 40 minutes in, and uh, my wife is like, you know, lived in Woodstock too. So yeah. she was like, oh, we should totally wait around for her. And then she didn't even, the girl, like, it was cute because she didn't even know she won. Like, they, yeah. it's so tight that they can't tell. She was like staring at the screen and when she saw it. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm glad you had that experience, man. Like, hey. to me, good sporting moments like that only come around, I don't know, every four years. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's good to say, soak them in. <laughs> Uh, no, same here. I was watching it live. Um, my boys are getting into the Olympics now because they know I've been into it always. Um, yeah. But so they were kind of like, okay, let's see. And it's the odd time they'll put that little iPad down and actually pay attention to what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we, we sat down. We watched it happen as well. And I, only because I, I was like, oh, goodness. They yeah. say 9.30 p.m. Eastern. It better be. I try to get them in bed by that time anyway. Oh, right? okay. So it I'm was like, we're pretty pushing on top. It. We're pushing yeah. it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I felt bad because the night prior, uh, it was when the when the women's uh, team uh, was in the relay and won silver. And they had said, oh, you know, this race is going to start around 930 or so. And No, I kept them up. I kept them up. And it was like 10, 10, 15. I'm like, we can't. Oh, shit. Uh, and so it did happen yeah. around 11, 11 p.m. Eastern, and then so when they woke up in the morning, the replay happened. They were able to watch it, yada yada yada. Um, but that's the one thing I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of. I wasn't a big fan of Nagano in 1998 for the same reason. Uh, this just does not work with my schedule. Um, right, the Korean Time. games, any right, anything that pushes it way past Europe. 
Yeah. Starts like I can deal with five hours. Thirteen hours ahead is a lot. I um, was gonna say yeah. Tokyo should be pretty on time for the most part. I learned oh, an no, interesting they're, they're fact. They're exceptional. Yeah, but I learned an interesting fact or two today actually about Tokyo. Um do you know what the average delay time is for a train in Tokyo? Isn't it like under ten seconds? <laughs> it's eighteen seconds. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And <laughs> it's no, crazy. and they're and they're obligated. Like if there if there's a train delay of like over five minutes or something, I believe they like they issue you tickets that you provide to your workplace and be like, the only reason I'm late today is because the train for some reason miraculously was late for the first time this year or something. Some right? driver like, was like 30 seconds over and had to issue like a public apology for being like 30 seconds late. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's no, I'm not saying that the games themselves are not running on time. I'm just saying the idea is it's um, too late. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't want to say that I stayed up till 4 a.m. watching three on three men's basketball. Um, Don't say it. I'm not going to. <laughs> You know, watched, one of the most, uh, uh, you know, what, but on, on a, on a totally unrelated note, uh, sure. you know what one of the most fascinating new events at the Olympics is? Trampoline. Three on three basketball. Oh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not trampoline. <laughs> Trampoline's fine, but I think that's been around for a while. I think it's like uh, a couple of years. I watched Nicole Byers do her thing a little bit. Do you okay. know, oh, Biles, Biles, Nicole Biles. Simone Biles. It, that's what I said, right? I watched you, the you Simone Biles. With, you started uh, with the girl from Nailed It. Yeah. Um, and so, ended up with the girl who is the U.S. gymnastic. Okay. Okay. I've watched Simone Biles. And one of the things that I couldn't believe is that they call her the best ever. Like the best gymnast of she all is. time. And ever. I can tell you this because I've been watching the Olympics since 1988. <laughs> um, but I just so can't. in my lifetime, I would say, yeah. Uh, Sasha Cohen was like my... Dear, dear, like I was in love with this woman, um, <laughs> Sasha Cohen. If you're listening, can you imagine that pressure, though, man? Um, the greatest of yeah, all time ever, most decorated, right? Like the most winning, uh, like Michael Phelps, who's still swimming this year. But like, to be honest, like if he can, if he can pull out one or two medals this Olympics, that'll be very, very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's even there at this age, competing and all that stuff. Um, but this man's like got ridiculous amounts and then i believe a canadian uh carla hughes if carla hughes i should say that without saying it like i'm asking the question stating it um, <laughs> you just yeah, uh, um clara hughes shit yeah now i'm for sure i'm certain for sure now carla i was thinking of, i was thinking of your wife there uh but, but clara hughes is the most decorated i believe olympian of all time Oh. Uh, and is a Canadian, but has also had the luxury of competing in both the summer and winter games. Um, oh, a cheater. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to say she broke her ankle for the Paralympic Games, but uh, but yeah, it's been a good Olympic so far. And and like I've been on top of it for a while, but there's there are some things about this that I kind of want to oh. get into with you. Oh, um, okay. just a couple of small things as we as we go down this trail because there's been a lot of talk uh, on a lot of different sides that are actually very valid about whether these games should even be happening in the first place, right? Um, and and this is a, a flip of the coin. People can train. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's just a couple of different things, um, and I think we're going to get into it right after this, right after this commercial break. 
Johnson's Tasty Wieners. Oh, we're out of meat at the barbecue. Don't worry, I got some Johnson's Tasty Wieners with me. Johnson's Tasty Wieners come in two sizes. Average and way over average. Get a Johnson's inside you today. This podcast is also brought to you by Good Time Seltzer. Yeah, we know the soda stream is popular these days. But don't you want to just have to buy seltzer still? Good Time Seltzer. Mix it with your favorite drink. With soda stream syrups. Or anything else you might want a little fizzy. <laughs> Good Time Seltzer. Arbuckle's Glass and Tinting. <laughs> Arbuckle's Glass and Tinting has locally served Kitchener Waterloo for 17 years. <laughs> Located at the corner of Weber and King for repairs on your glass windows or tinting requests. If you ever wanted to look like a limousine driver, visit an Arbuckle's Glass and Tint today. Tell them, can you confirm that sent you for 25% off your first seven air fresheners? Arbuckle's Glass and Tints. We repair cracks. Chips, scratches, nicks, and all other glass-related deformities. Serving your families for 17 years, Arbuckle's Glass and Tint Way. Anyways, back to the show. <laughs> so tell me more about your, uh, about the Olympics, yes. man. Um, so... Well, what's your history with the Olympics? Uh, are you very, very casual? Have you, do, can you remember like when you were a child spending some time with your dad or mom? Yes. Or like, okay. Yes. The first Olympics I remember in Greece um, was very minimal. We tested our best and strongest in the discus throw and the javelin. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, motherfucker. I know. I'm sitting in my head here <laughs> doing math. I was like, Athens, when did Athens have it last? Was it 04 or was it 96? No, 96 was Atlanta. I'm like doing math. It was like 400. Um, no, they've had it in the 2000s. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to remember. No. So I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sort of like in and out of the Olympics. I, I guess it's sort of cool that these countries can come together and put aside their differences, mm, sort of, sort of, yeah. um, to compete. Uh, I think the idea that it's like Olympic Village is like, like syphilis, like ground zero is kind of interesting too. Oh yeah, you've got like <laughs> the like the most toned, like sexiest athletes in the world from all. And they're the all countries. young and. Yeah. <laughs> raring to go um and they got a medal around so yeah. yeah and people wonder why they work so hard to win those medals and it's not for the country as much as it is like you really want to have one around your neck like 1 a.m oh, yeah. olympic village clubs hopping but this is unfortunately the year that none of that's possible right um oh yeah they're missing out i guess eh? the condoms that they were handed out by the ioc they were told <laughs> to take home to use with them um you, and i think it, that that was yeah. even a thing you know what i mean like <laughs> i think it's cool that um we went to school with a three-time olympian yeah i think it's i i we uh more than that well okay yeah. I, i've got a couple more olympians i guess in in our yeah i mean we've got the one um 
Nathan there, I actually uh, one of my one of my dear friends in high school. Her father actually competed as well while oh, we cool. were in high school. Cool. Um, he cool. went what? to really. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was probably like late forties, maybe early fifties, and he was, you know, when they do the the shooting, like the, the 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 guy who's got like a rifle and can shoot like very far away and hit a target, like Winter Olympics, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was the one I believe without the skiing. I don't think he had to do any of that. Um, yeah. I think it was strictly just the shooting skill, and it may have mm-hmm. been the Summer Olympics. I can't remember a hundred percent. Sure. Um, I was going to ask what you could do in at 40 it would have, years old. It would have been, you know what? It could have been the 98 Olympics in Japan okay. that he would have oh. been at because that would have put us, actually, no, it may have been the 96 summer. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's cool. It's it's just, inter- and that to me is the other fascinating part, right? We hear so much about, you know, okay, the swimmer or maybe like Usain Bolt. Or, you know, there's always the one, like the very, very top tier athletes of the, right? Sure. But you got to remember, we send something in the neighborhoods of like almost 200 to 300 athletes to these games, right? Yeah. You could at any point in time be crossing paths with an Olympian and not know it. Um, right. Unfortunately. Because, right? Yeah, well, exactly, right? Now, you know, some of them do well. We, we know who the Mark Tewksbury's of the world are, and we know certain other people. Unless their herpes was in, enraged, and then you'd be able to tell because they all yeah. get herpes from Olympic Village. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where were you? Right? Oh, oh. Yeah. you've been. It looks like you got a cold sore there. Oh, sorry, out sorry. Of the country for a little while. I can fucking Tokyo twenty to twenty one. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it. That's why they don't hold Olympic Games in Bangkok. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thailand's bid has just officially come off the table for 2032. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, to me, I've always been a fan. And just because of the, just that, to me, like, when I when I was, I would have been 16. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm hanging out with you every day. How do I not know your dad is prepping to go to the Olympics in a week? Cool, right? And, and her dad just kind of looked at me in the kitchen and was like, well, you didn't ask. And I was like, how am I supposed to ask someone if they're just randomly going to the Olympics? I was like, dude, you look like you're... You look young, but like you know, you're old. Like I don't get that. Uh, and then, the, you know, that's when you start learning. You're like, there are so many events that are happening, mm. and and yeah. in some cases, like we send athletes knowing full well, this this person's not going to medal. Mm-hmm. But you need someone to compete. Not only that, but they qualified, right? Because yeah. let, let's think about this. Uh, not every country is represented in every event either, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. The host country generally will qualify for every event, right? So Japan will be eligible to have an athlete in every event that is taking place at the Olympics. Whether they can do anything with that or not is up to them. Right. Now, most countries have become very, uh, what do you call it, like, they become corporations in a sense, right? Like Russia and China. When When Russia knew they were getting the Olympics, in Sochi, they had a good 10 to 12 years of run-up time to be like, train somebody in luge. I don't right. know if anybody in this country knows how to luge. Put out the call. We need somebody to luge. And then you got 10 years to make that person pretty competitive. So so generally, the host country will do okay in that sense. Right. But, but the way you get like a Jamaican bobsled team <laughs> is the Jamaican bobsled them. team has to qualify 
to even be in the field. It's not it's not like, hey man, we got a hundred like two hundred and twelve countries in the world and two hundred and twelve of you get to compete in mm-hmm. individual freestyle ski jump or whatever, right? Yeah. They they still only have like sixty four that can start that thing or thirty two, depending on what it is, and you gotta qualify by winning your world championships and stuff. So unfortunately, yeah, we're we're now stuck at where like China, Russia, America they're going to dominate whether it's winter or summer. But right. and that's happening right this year too actually. Yeah, but where where it gets Japan, fun US, China and Russia. Where it gets fun though that's is I think like after that where it's like the summer summer games is like, you know, oh okay, Australia's really come. New Zealand's really here to play. And then you get to the winter games and you're like, man, look at these Finland guys go, right? Wow, Norway, you're really cool. It's just everybody's kind of got their little thing they can do, and very few countries are like well equipped to do well at both. Mm-hmm. And that was a very long way of me saying, after years and years and years and years of watching the Olympic Games, we're finally at a point where Canada is is somewhat competitive at the Summer Games. It, it for me it used to always be just watch the winter games man that's the only place we might end up like fourth fifth or sixth in the medal count by the time it's all over um, mm-hmm. we're never gonna have a shot in the summer but but stuff has changed as of this recording we're number eleven yeah and you know what we may finish top ten by the end of this all possibly six seven eight if if our mm-hmm. swimming team comes through the way they can if our rugby team pulls it together it, like there there are enough chances at it now on the summer side that make it a little bit more interesting for me because that's the only problem i've ever like the summer games in scope themselves are about five to six times larger than the winter games are right sure if the if the well, winter the games Olympics kind of started in a warm yeah, climate exactly and and you know if the winter games has 50 events the summer games has 300 that's just how right. it is um but depending on the nation you're from, I mean, Canada loves the Winter Olympics. I mean, you're not going to beat men's and women's hockey, right? right? There's no event in the Summer Olympics that will ever compete with men's and women's hockey at the Winter Olympics for Canadians. That's just how it is. Um, but a I large I might know, right? Yeah, I think I might know our archery coach, our Olympic archery coach. I might have worked with. I, I, I could double check and see if he is there this year, but he might, I think he is right. Archery. That's something you could do when you're 55 and still get to the Olympics. Yeah. I think he's a year or two older than I am. Well, no, I'm just, just saying, coach, like, but... I'm like, I'm just saying the Simone Biles of the world were like 17, 18, 19, 20. And like at 24 years old, you're washed up in gymnastics. Um, like, you know, that's not the entire Olympic story is all I'm saying. Right. It's like, if John Brown decided tomorrow, to spend the next 10 years devoted to becoming a world-class archer. There's no reason. I have the right coach. There's no reason you couldn't, right? Like, it's not like you have, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, this is not meant to offend in any way. I'm just saying, nobody's making you climb like a 10 story tall building or run through a, a, you know, a 1500 meter race before you, pull the bow out and, mm-hmm. and you know, put the fucking arrow through. You just got to stand there. Like, those would be... I would love that. Right? Well, what is it like... Uh, 
think they say it's 10,000 hours to master a task. Yeah. So I could get 10,000 hours. You said 10 years, I think? Yeah. I think that most of us could get 10,000 hours in of training in 10 years. Exactly. It's 100 hours a year. But but I'm just saying there's so I many. I mean, 1,000 hours a year. <laughs> but, but there's so many things where that's unrealistic for the Olympics, right? Like if I right. said, John, I'm going to give you More 10 years from the age of 40. You've, you're from the age of 40, you've got 10 years and 10,000 hours. Yeah. And, and I want to see you become an artistic gymnastic. Right? <laughs> you're going to be like, what? I'm not going to do fucking tumbles at 50 when I'm like out there against 16 year olds. But I bet you there's a bunch of 50 year olds on the archery field. And I said, go right? viral. I don't think you would qualify. I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's wow. aim a little lower. My body might not be uh, physically able to do some of those things any longer, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just saying there's events that are better suited. Um, yes. There are events that are better suited to certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I'm saying. For example, yeah. uh, the – let's see. Is cornhole in the Olympics? Because I'm really – I'm pretty good already at that. Cornholing? Yeah, corn. Well, not cornholing. A cornhole. It's like beanbag toss, you know. Okay, so so if what do you think the who? What do you think the age? Uh, okay, fuck. Let me let me just acknowledge the cornholing. Is All it right. is it an okay. Olympic sport? Are you looking like hot dog eating contest? Is that what you want? Corn cornhole is like uh, you throw a beanbag. No, I, into I, know, a... I know, I know, I know. The, it's like yeah. the, the one with the fucking the balls and the, the racks and stuff. Like axe throwing for really soft people. Yeah. You know, you white folk have weird ba- like backyard games, man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, okay, so white what people. do you... <laughs> brown, brown people can't enjoy beanbag toss. They can't. No, our backyard <laughs> games are different, man. It's like <laughs> different shit entirely. Um, okay. 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 The question to you: What do you think the age of the oldest athlete at the Olympic Games in twenty twenty one? Forty three. The age would be sixty six. Woo! Mary oh, Hannah of Australia, who is sixty six, okay. is competing in her sixth. Sixty six. Yes, Mary Hannah of Australia. Um, so that means that she's been in. Mm, is Many. it for 24, 24 years she's been an Olympian? You said sixth time, right? Yes, so she's competing in her sixth Olympics, which if you think about it, um, you know, 66 minus the 24, she, you know, she didn't enter. Started late. Started late. That's what I'm saying. I wondered, too- I, I wondered that. Or did she just not do consecutive years? Oh, that's possible, too. May not have always qualified. Yeah. Um, I, I hmm. unfortunately don't have the full report on Mary. What I do know is she's an equestrian. Um, okay. Oh, so it's the horse that does the work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's I pretty mean, much I, it. Don't come at me if you're a horse person. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend. But I just mean... But no, that's what I meant by there. As long as certain, the horse is young. Right? There are yeah. certain events uh, that would allow for us to still make it. That's all I'm saying. I bet her horse is in 66. That's right? all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because there there's another person uh, from Morocco who's 56 and also an equestrian. 
okay. shooting, as I had mentioned earlier, there's a 52 year old who's who's doing some shooting. Um, oh. There is a 58 year old table tennis player. So, so Ooh. the what I'm trying to say, John, is when you sit down to watch some of these events, mm. um, you know it. If you feel the inspiration grab a hold of you, don't <laughs> yeah, fight it. Like, don't fight the urge. Synchro man. diving. Synchro diving. Like I'm not going to find some 21 year old to be my synchro diving partner. <laughs> I feel like you're really missing the whole point of you got to find the <laughs> event that we're. <laughs> So I'll ask you again, is Cornhole an Olympic event? <laughs> you know what? By God, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> if they can get three-on-three three basketball in the Olympics, uh, and if Skateboard Street can make it into the Olympics this year. Uh, kidding. Yeah. How old yeah. is the professor? Is he an Olympian now? Oh, <laughs> Tony Hawk was. Tony Hawk's now an Olympian. We can now say that yeah? Tony Hawk. That's is cool. Yeah. He's way over his prime, too, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was most likely... It was really just to add that to the to the resume. The Americans like to do this a lot, where for some reason they take loyalty of old folks uh, into account versus the young person who could probably win them a medal. Yeah. No, no offense to it, but that's kind of what did the Americans in in the relay mm -hmm. swimming uh, pool, if you will, uh, where where Canada took the silver. Pretty much Ooh, because a double entendre there. Pretty much because the Americans decided to not put their best team forward, so that was strange. Yeah, you know what else Americans like to do? What's that? Uh, listen to misinformation. <laughs> okay. Tell you is uh, one thing I want to talk to you about is how the Europeans are at it again. They're at it again in Europe. Okay, what are they up to? Those sneaky Euro Europeans. At it again, let me tell you, um, something's happening uh, across the sea on YouTube, okay? Um, there's a kind of a big conspiracy going on where a few European influencers and YouTubers were offered money to spread misinformation about the uh, Pfizer vaccine. This is interesting. So this story broke because a couple of them uh, were whistleblowers. These are European guys. guys. Sorry. Yeah. So no, no, that's good. So there's um two two kind of broke the story. These guys. There's Mirko Deutschmann, who's a German YouTuber journalist. Okay. And the other one, um, his name is, uh, oh no, that's Mirko again. Um, Leo Grasset. And he does like kind of he does like science uh, related YouTube stuff. So these guys and a whole bunch of other YouTubers were offered two thousand dollars by this company Fazzy or something F A Z Z E to kind of talk about some reports um, spreading disinformation about uh, Pfizer results and that there was like deaths a lot of a lot more deaths after the vaccine had occurred than actual actual results. Okay. Um, but they were told by this company to um, make it like this interesting fact that you had this thing leaked and um, you wanted to just share the information because you were like enthusiastic about it and don't mention that it was a sponsored deal and don't mention that you got paid for it, which just totally violates YouTube's um, like terms of service anyways. Like any sponsored content has to have like 
sponsored disclaimer on it. So yeah, the BBC broke this issue. It's pretty interesting. Um, so far, I can't see anywhere if Jenna Marbles was uh, involved. Involved. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if they went to her to see if she would t- come back to YouTube for it. That would be a big one. Eh? That'd be mm. a big get for God. That'd be a big thing. get. Um, you don't watch Arrested Development, I know, but that's one of my favorite moments in that entire show. Is where uh, Lucille Bluth pretty evil um turns to her grandson's um girlfriend who is very religious and very devout um, okay and says you know show like you know after the girlfriend's like you know i can teach you i can help you or whatever and lucille blue says you know show me the ways and oh. ron howard and like everybody in the like everybody on the scene obviously is you know jaw drop um but ron howard the ever great narrator of the show just looks around and goes, this was a big get for God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so fucking perfect. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, this, so yeah, I'm so, it, it, the fact that they're European, right? I don't want to say that the American people did take the money. Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't have any reports. Yeah, but we, I have, um, we know, right? How would, um, There's two two YouTubers who um, the BBC reported as did share the information. Mm. Um, a guy named Ashkar Techie. Okay. And another guy named Everson Zio. Um, both did, both have pulled their videos since the BBC tried to contact them. Mm. But I think this happens in Europe because... Um, it sort of spreads through the right channels if it comes from somewhere else. Like, oh, something they don't want you to know in America. Yeah. And I think it's kind of meant to spread the information over here in an underground way. Like, oh, this is, look, check out this. They're not telling us this. And I'm also curious as to why specifically Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Like, who, I don't know. who's targeting the Pfizer vaccine specifically in Europe versus saying all vaccines are bad, right? Like, I, I mean, mm. maybe that's just the, you, you you plant some distrust in one, which kind of seeds out to all of them. Like, if you can't trust mm. one vaccine, you really can't trust them all. Maybe that's how they assume it works. Um, Johnson and Johnson. But for somebody to be paying to say specifically, you know, slag this one. Yeah. Okay, DW would tell me not to question anybody's motives, Right. But I got to yeah. question the motives here. Like, who who's trying to figure out why Pfizer specifically? Um, Whoever's lost money to Pfizer. Yeah, but um, but I mean, this also really makes you wonder. Just that's Europe. They have a different sensibility. People there are just smarter, right? Like mm. influencers there themselves. You know what happens in Europe? An influencer who tries to get bought like that says to themselves, "Huh." This is against YouTube's fucking terms and conditions. And if I do this, I could get banned and fucked. Whereas yeah. in the States. For 2,000 bucks. Yeah. In the States, man, you can. 2,000 bucks will, will buy you Ben Shapiro setting up a fake YouTube channel for a right wing cause for two days before it gets pulled. Because it's worth it for him. It's only an hour's worth of work if you think about it. Right, like how much work, things... how much work really goes into setting up a YouTube channel that can get banned anyways? Not right. a lot of work. And if uh, you can cash no. in quickly, do it. And they do. That's what the entire 
That's why Fox News exists is because they, I mean, they're just the most established at it, but there's got to be something has to feed, right? There has to be like bottom, there has to be fish at the bottom of the barrel. And, and that's essentially what like YouTube can be. I bet you there's been tons of them now that I think about it. Like it only makes sure. sense, right? Think of how many times we've sat back and we've seen certain people and we're like, really? It doesn't make sense for you to not well, believe in this or that. Right. And, and the, like YouTube too, like this disinformation doesn't have to live on its source forever. Right. Yeah. It can come down from YouTube after a day and then make its ways through the internet, grabbing the hold of written, more people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, that, you know, on, can you confirm that we don't want our listeners to fall for some of this? Right. Oh, exactly. And I feel like that's, that's such easy, like marketing one hundred and one too. Like mm. when you put the video up, you want it pulled because that's then I get to write my second blog post about how they mm-hmm. pulled it yep. because of the I was telling the truth, right? Like, and it's like no, because if you were, it'd still be there. But hey, that that's good on these guys for blowing the whistle, right? And so here's what was happening, I guess. Okay, yeah. just so we're even more informed, I guess. Um, so what they were doing, they were using data and manipulating it a bit. So they were going to countries, looking at countries where Pfizer was given to 80% of the people or whatever, let's say. Let's just use numbers because I don't have it up anymore. And six months later, because 80% of the population used Pfizer, the death numbers in general, they said, well, after this, there was this many deaths in this country. So they kind of like grabbed numbers and tried to like associate them without actually associating them. It's sort of interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you can pull numbers to fill yeah. facts you want to present. Right? That's the unfortunate part of like people do it really well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, the takeaway from this to me, though, is one, okay, great, good job, guys, for turning it down. Um, and second, even better, for blowing the whistle on it to explain mm-hmm. that this is, mm-hmm. this is probably going on on a much larger scale than we even know. Sure. Know, where people are being whatever. Um, but I think the takeaway for the company who approached them, the, the Fazy or Fazi or whatever, to offer more money next time. Right, like I don't think there's a lesson quiet. learned there as much as it is. No. Oh, I bet you this would have worked if we did 5K. Yeah, All right, because there. I mean, every I don't want to say Vince McMahon has has an answer for everything in life, but he's provided a lot of life lessons for us to take. Um, <laughs> and one of them would be the philosophical quote um, from from one Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price, right? Um, was that originally from Vince McMahon, you think, that quote? I don't know. Maybe he like took it from Shakespeare and gussied it up a bit. <laughs> thou thou can purchase anyone with some shillings. William Shakespeare. Uh, interesting times. Speaking of interesting times, <laughs> is it time to uh, say see you next week? I think it might be. Man, so uh, what are we on now? So season three... Episode three, I mean, season two, episode three. So that's our 50, 
third episode. That's where I was getting these threes from. Yeah, man. The season's coming along quickly uh, as as the seasons change. So go <laughs> so do the episodes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking out Can You Confirm That? We hope you had fun just hanging out with the two of us today, uh, learning a little bit, hearing about the Olympics, hearing about Loki, um, you know, ooh, segments this week. What an interesting novel idea for a podcast, right? Oh, my goodness. Look at us. Pop culture segments. The good old days are back here. So let us know um, how you feel about this episode. Uh, do you want to hear more of our um, stories of friends of the show? Do you, uh, are you, you know, are you, are you digging some of the nerdy talk today, learning about uh, here, <laughs> you know, um, me referencing and relating Loki to the Matrix, of course? I have no segues there. I have nothing. You gave me nothing to work with. My wife hasn't watched The Matrix. How do you feel about that? Do you have anyone in your life that um, has shockingly has admitted something shocking to you lately about um, are we something? Starting, are we starting the next episode? I could do an <laughs> hour on that. One. Um, yeah, there's generally always Maybe somebody who says something stupid. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, what I would say, what I would say for your wife here in, on this note is, uh, watch the first one. Don't worry about the rest. I, I love and, all three, actually. Well, that's your problem, not hers. Um, and on that note. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out. Can you confirm that? We hope you have a great week. Roll that exit loop. I got a question for you. If you were double vaxxed. Yes, which I am. By AstraZeneca. Which I'm not. Double vaxxed, double AstraZeneca. Are you DVDA? Oh my goodness.